Like Damon said, my name is Mike. Um, this is my second time up here. And I have to confess, I'm a little bit nervous. If you've never done this, um, it's kind of a nerve-wracking experience. Um, but uh, last time I spoke, uh, I talked about Genesis 1. I started at the beginning. Um, and I mentioned that I, I haven't gone to seminary. I haven't gone to Bible college. I went to art school. So my approach to a lot of biblical analysis is based on what we learned in art school. And so last time when I spoke about Genesis 1 and creation, it was um, the way we would study a painter from their work. We looked at the nature of God through how he created the universe. And so um, today I want to sort of take that another step farther and um, something that we do professionally and in school is um, we look at a project. And we look at projects that are successful and we look at projects that are failures. And we see what we can learn from these. And so, um, you know, I think creatively, at one point in another in our life, there's the desire to be famous. I know as a kid, even sometimes as an adult, I think... Be nice to be famous. I think a lot of people have been there at some point in their their life. So I want to go into that a little bit, um, but I want to start with two very famous projects. One I think everyone can consider a success; the other, a rather famous failure. And so those would be um, the Ark that Noah built and the Tower of Babel. Um, they're sort of notorious as successes and failures. Um, so. And they happen pretty close historically. Um, so let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this Mother's Day. Lord, thank you for our mothers who nurtured and raised us. And Lord, thank you for giving us spiritual life and nurturing and raising us with your word. And today, Lord, as we study the Bible, please help the words inspire us and enlighten us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, if you would, let's turn to Genesis 6. And I'm going to start in verse 9. And we'll read this, and then we'll read the account of the Tower of Babel. And um, as we go through it, see if you notice similarities, see if you notice differences. Okay, Genesis 6, verse 9. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all the people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it, and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. 
make a roof for it, and finish the ark within 18 inches of the top. Put a door on the side of the ark. Lost my spot. Side of the ark. Make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring flood waters on the earth to destroy, destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wives and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of every living creature, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground. It will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Okay, so that's Noah. And if you think about this objectively, this is a ludicrous endeavor. Um, you know, one, there's never been a flood before. Noah receives instructions to build basically a giant box. It's like, build a giant box and put every kind of animal and every kind of food in it. Um, and what astounds me is verse 22, where it says, Noah did everything just as God commanded. Um, so keep that in mind. And now um, we're going to turn a few pages to Genesis 11. And we're going to go um, verses 1 through 8. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found the plain of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make brick and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. So here we have another project, um, another great endeavor, and this one actually not quite as ludicrous. A giant tower, um, even a tall one, isn't out of the scope of believability. Um, so let's now sort of break down these two projects, um, as we could call them. Um, so for the ark, what was the goal? Um, the goal wasn't to have a boat. The goal was to preserve what good was left of mankind and living creatures on earth. Um, for the tower, the goal, it says, men got together and said, let's make a name for ourselves. Um, and what's funny here is that we don't know who, what their names are. Um, when in chapters 6 and 7, Noah's name is repeated more than 30 times. Um, whereas 
in chapter 11 with the account of Babel, it never says who was trying to make a name for themselves. And there's a bit of an irony there. Um, and so the goal wasn't to preserve creation. It wasn't to glorify God. It was people trying to establish themselves and make a name for themselves. Um, so that was probably the first flaw in their plan. Whereas Noah's was obedience, theirs was ego. Um, and then with Noah, as, the, as far as a project goes, he received specific instructions. What type of wood, these are the dimensions. It wasn't Noah's plan, it was God's plan. This project was God's. Noah had the privilege of participating in it. Um, and it's, it's easy when you have specific instructions. Um, and Noah followed them. And following instructions isn't always easy. An example I think of is we have people at work who will cook on the weekends and bring things in. And you'll have someone bring in cookies or a cake or something, and they're like, I made this. It kind of turned out, but not quite. You know, and it's like, well, did you have a recipe? Yes. Did you follow the recipe? Yes. Except for the recipe called for this, and I used some of that. And the recipe said to do this, but I thought maybe it would be better to do that. And, well, it's like, that's why it didn't work. I mean, if, you know, if you're given instructions, follow the instructions. And um, to Noah's credit, um, they were bizarre instructions. I mean, they were specific, but, you know, he could have said, well, I'm only going to make it this big or however, but he didn't. He um, he followed the instructions. And that sounds easy, but when you're making something that huge for a reason you're, you've been told, but you haven't witnessed, like he hasn't seen a flood, you know, he hasn't seen a box full of animals, you know, so he's just, he's going on faith. Um and what's also interesting too is Noah he was righteous in God's eyes um, and he was obedient but it's also interesting to think that Noah didn't have a Bible the Bible as we know it didn't exist in his time Um, so he receives his instructions directly from God when we take on endeavors it would be nice if you know, if I go into work and there's a message from God that says, today I want you to do this, use this, make it this big and do that, that would be great. Um, but we have that. That's the Bible. Like, it's a book full of instructions. And I would argue that start with these instructions and follow them, and then probably you'll get more specific ones um, as you need them. And so for the Tower of Babel, their instructions, they didn't really have any. They had their own plan. Um, they were going to use bricks made out of clay. They were going to fire them, and they were going to stack them. They're relying on their own design rather than God's design. Um, but the tower wasn't a structural failure. They started building it, and you know it wasn't like it fell apart. It was God interrupted them, um, and God... You know, he said, they're actually too ambitious. They're, you know, uh, the verse is, 
Um, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. They're, they're putting forth a good effort. Um, and so it makes you wonder why God would want to come in and confuse them. You know, is God just, is God threatened that they're going to become more powerful than him? I don't think so. I think, um, the problem is that their focus has shifted. Rather than focusing on God, they're focusing on their own endeavors, their own strategies, and they're putting God to the side. And yes, they're competing with God. They're not going to win. God knows that. But they're in a place where they don't know that. You know, they, they seriously believe that they can build a structure, um, that can reach the heavens. And they're relying on their own efforts. Um, and so when God confuses them, he's, it's not sabotage. It's he's, he's interrupting the process so that they can focus. Um, and it's interesting because he breaks them down into languages and they scatter. Um, and so you have smaller groups and it makes you wonder if a group becomes too large, do they start losing focus? Um, with Noah's efforts, you know, he didn't have a whole team. It was him and his sons building this. Um, it's sort of the, the small team, small group, family business versus the giant corporation, um, which might not be the point, but it's something to think about. Um, and I think it's it's in the larger groups, it can be easier to, to lose your focus. Um, a metaphor for that would be um, with the Tower of Babel that if Damon asks me to preach and I spend all my time building a larger pulpit and being like, you know what? Yes, I can speak on Sunday and I have a great idea. I'm going to build this pulpit. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be wider. You'll be able to see me better. You'll be able to hear me better. It defeats the purpose. It's not where the focus should be. And I think that's why um, God interrupted them. And so um, when we're doing our own projects, it's important to define what the focus is. Are we building ourselves up or are we doing something to glorify God and to further his creation? Um, another point I want to bring up is that um, with the Tower of Babel, it literally is all talk. It starts with men saying, Let's make a name for ourselves. And it ends with people talking in confused languages. What's interesting is in chapter 6 and 7, the whole account of Noah, there's not one quote from Noah. He doesn't say anything. He listens. God is constantly speaking to him, and he's not saying anything. He's obeying. He's, he's taking action. He's every instruction that he gets, he carries out, but he never says a word. I'm sure he wasn't mute, but in this account, it just shows that his words aren't important. And I think, too, as a man who's righteous, Noah knew to listen more to speak. Um, And I think that speaks volumes. I think probably... If we try to listen to God more, we will probably hear him more. Um, and so with both of these accounts, you see one where the 
ark sort of homogenized what was good about mankind. It was one family, it was righteous. They went on to dominate the earth. With Babel, you see humanity being scattered once again. And um, again, that tells you something when you're taking on a project. Is it going to bring people together? Is it going to separate people, drive them away from themselves and from God? Um, And so um, something that this comparison really brings to mind is uh, Philippians 2.3. And I think it's a, a, a verse that a lot of you are familiar with, but it's, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I think that's a great way to sum up both of these accounts. You see people acting um, for themselves. You see Noah carrying out God's wishes, and his ambitions aren't even mentioned. Um, And so... Not to, you know, fame can be a bad thing, but I think a lot of people have the desire for fame because of the desire uh, for immortality. I mean, I think human nature at its core desires immortality. Um, and I think seeking fame is sort of the, the perversion of that, um, rather than seeking it through Christ and Immortality through his salvation. And so, um, you know, when you're taking on a personal project, I don't think, um, you should, you know, if, if you want to establish yourself, if you want to make a professional reputation, that's fine. But just remember where the main focus is and not to get distracted on taking on projects that eventually will um, be forgotten over time um, and focus on things the last. Um, so that's it. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And Lord, thank you for these examples of people that demonstrate how we should think and act. And Lord, thank you for Noah Thank you for his obedience, and Lord, please inspire us to be obedient and to follow your wishes, and Lord, help us to listen to you, um, and help us um, to be slow to speak and make our actions speak louder than our words. Um, I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.